welcome to Talk About Thriving. Hey, y'all. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about? Oh, yeah. Welcome to episode three, y'all. Right? It's episode three? It's three already? Definitely episode three. All right. Well, we'll thank you guys for being here. Yeah. All right. (laughs) You asked what we're talking about, so I was trying to answer. Anyway. My bad. (laughs) Today, we are talking about all things coping, coping mechanisms, skills there. The terms are used interchangeably. Um, Different ways we cope and what's healthy, not healthy, all that good stuff. Well, first of all, prior to even talking about coping, how are you doing this week? I mean, life is lifing. <laughs> I feel like um, saying that. It's the truth, though, because life is going to continue to live and there's only so much we can control. And, you know, we know South Florida this last week has been was kind of crazy. Um, so also, yes, want to send positive energy, prayers, whatever you believe, all that stuff to those that are still dealing with all of the flooding and things like that, because it was crazy. <laughs> no, definitely. South Florida did day ones and twos. Yeah, um, that rain was nuts. It was definitely rough. So I guess that kind of goes a little bit with what um, we're talking about today, because we have to cope with, I mean, it's not the same for those, obviously, who were dealing with the flooding, but coping with that rainy weather, we rained four days straight. Mm-hmm. And I know it's some people have right now. struggled with, is it? I'm not in a space with windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's raining right now. Oh my gosh. All right, well. All right, so yeah, let's get into it. What is a coping skill or coping mechanism? So many of us probably hear coping skill more often. Coping mechanism is the more official term, but they're interchangeable. Um, but basically a coping me- mechanism is something that you you utilize like a basically to alleviate stress in your life. So there are various ranges of the things that you can use to cope. Um, some people use things that would be considered unhealthy, like alcohol or drugs. And some people use things like meditation and different mindfulness practices, right? Mm-hmm. So I know one of my favorite ones, which is definitely, it definitely can be unhealthy sometimes, is eating. <laughs> okay. No, I'm <laughs> definitely down for like a comfort snack. A comfort snack. It, oh, it's just great. Just like a warm It hits hug. the spot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I never thought of it like that, actually. A warm hug. I think that one of my favorite coping skills is letting myself cry mm-hmm. like I don't know it just makes me feel very different afterwards and like I know we talked about you kind of defined it already but oh, <laughs> coping strategies are definitely supposed to be like constructive to you as a person mm-hmm. so I feel like it's also very subjective mm-hmm. because like yeah. my coping strategies might not work for you Absolutely. Absolutely. Another one that's really great for me sometimes, I really like puzzles. 
sitting with music and doing a puzzle it's a good time for me boo puzzles <laughs> yeah <You> see, <laughs> everything ain't for everybody <laughs> or Definitely. coloring I, I like coloring reading. I read me a good book and there's a lot I want to say that I read but I can't tell you the last time I read a book front to back it's been or a like long an time audible. and I have ton to read I had it came for some damn audible books the last audible book I started like five months ago still haven't finished it that's a conversation we're not reading me today okay that's not what we're doing that's not what we're here for my bad no but I know you talked about how they could be unhealthy or healthy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I think sometimes we also forget that like it could be a healthy one and still increase your stress and not be helpful so like is it does it increase your stress or does it alleviate the stress like it doesn't do what it was meant to do it doesn't do what it was meant to do like it didn't work in that situation so it Mm -hmm. increased the stress of it so like for instance like there's moments where I can't read like there's situations where like my mind is racing reading more words is not gonna help me Mm -hmm. and that's gonna increase my stress yeah. Like I went and did this thing to try to like distract myself or to kind of like regulate myself and it ended up taking me somewhere else. And now it's adding to it. I don't know if you could. Yeah. That. No, I can actually, because one of the things that I do probably most often and people don't think of this as like a coping skill. Um, I sometimes just watch. <laughs> I sometimes just watch like nonsense television um like certain reality shows like the reality dating shows like right now I'm watching finishing love island UK not USA never US always UK oh um, both. I don't watch US one I tried I'm gonna try to go back and watch old seasons maybe but the first season was terrible I couldn't do it uh, <laughs> no offense to anyone who likes it I just couldn't and maybe it's because I'm used to the UK one because that's how I started watching Love Island. I don't know. Mm, I anyway, yeah, so that might be why. For me, I started like back from the 2015 season of the UK version. So I, yeah. Anyway, that's irrelevant. Um, <laughs> going off on a tangent. But the other day I went to turn it on and I just wasn't into it. I was like, this is not doing it for me. It's not. So I stopped. And tried to watch something else. And that wasn't doing it either. And you know what did it? Blasting some music and cleaning up something in my house. Because just there's things in the house that are a mess that I've been meaning to clean or do. And I just turned on music and cleaned. And that worked for me in the moment. No, for sure. Sometimes you got to switch the coping strategy that you're using. Mm -hmm. it also made me feel better after because I even though I didn't finish what I was doing because I just didn't have the time um I felt better because I actually made a step in the right direction with that thing that was messy that needed to be cleaned so I feel that it definitely helped cleaning is definitely therapeutic to a lot of people which is crazy because I don't like cleaning. 
No, they said that the rhythm of like mopping or dusting. Mm-hmm. Or I was folding like clothes, doing sweeping. Laundry. The rhythm is like, mm. what was the word that they use? It's like literally scientifically proven type thing that, oh. <laughs> yeah, that mopping, vacuuming, and dusting are um, like they, it's like an escape kind of thing or something like that. Interesting. My mom mops. I do like mopping. I do like mopping. I don't do it as often as I should, but I do like mopping. I do fold I, me and folding clothes because I'm I'm the that's like my chore in the house, the laundry. And I go back to the the retail brain that I oh my goodness. You hear that thunder? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I feel like my house shook a little bit. Anyway, <laughs> I go back to the retail brain a little bit and I fold like I'm still working in the people's store and it actually does not bother me at all um, because most of my retail experience was actually pretty decent. So I just sit, I just fold. I will sit there and fold loads of laundry and it not bother me. And it actually works for me. I listen to a podcast, another podcast, obviously, or music. And I just zone out. That's really dope. Mm, not a big fan of laundry either but <laughs> everything ain't for everybody <laughs> yeah different strokes different folks mm-hmm. yeah but anyways I definitely would say that <laughs> coping finding coping skills or coping strategies was not always easy for me especially because I feel like culturally we're told to just keep pushing like we don't like to stop and rest or to stop and even assess what you need in that moment wasn't something that we were taught to do very much. And I didn't realize that there were some I did already have coping skills, but I didn't know that they were. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. I think a lot of times when I'm like when I was learning about certain things I was like oh that's interesting like nobody in my family talks about this stuff mental health is honestly fairly new if you think about it like our parents aren't in that mindset of like I don't think at least not when I was growing up now it's different when I was younger they definitely didn't know about those kind of things like they did things of course to make themselves feel good but they weren't calling it coping skills Right. You know, it's interesting as I think about it. Um, I mean, a lot of things, they are what they are. And we don't, until we have a name for it, it seems it seems less significant, less significant, but it's just as significant if the practice of it helped. Um, and I think about when I was little, maybe like middle school age. And one thing my mom used to tell me, if I'm getting upset, like something is going on and I'm getting, like my emotions are high, I'm having trouble with the way that I want to communicate and I'm going to come off either disrespectful or rude or whatever. My mom would tell me, you know, basically give me the opportunity to say, I need to step away, collect myself and then come back before continuing the conversation um yeah so she would basically tell me okay let me know to take a step back like step aside you know I would go in the bathroom or 
go to my room or something and then come back and try again. Um, and that was the way for me to start to learn, like to regulate my reactions to stuff. Um, obviously at that age, I didn't click that that's what was going on, but it was something that I would try to do because my mom told me to do it now. <laughs> Trying to do that with my dad only made him more upset. So it didn't work there. <laughs> Even though I tried, cause I was like, oh, this is what I was taught, you know, just going off of what my mom told me, you know, oh, step away. Oh yeah, no. Cause I would often go in the bathroom not turn on the lights. This was this was my thing when I was little. I would go in the bathroom, leave the lights off, lock myself in there and just sit on the floor. And that would be like something for, that would help me. And when I would do that with my mom, it was fine. I was able to collect myself and then go back. But with my dad, he would just get more pissed. Why are you sitting on the floor? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> but <laughs> he would be so mad. I don't really know why. I don't, I've never asked him like why it was I such a sit issue. on no bathroom floor. It was a bathroom in our house. Why does it matter? You just don't do them things then. I think he was more concerned about me sitting in the dark. He didn't know I was sitting on the floor. Oh. The door was locked. <laughs> well, now he knows. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> anyway, because he I is going to But yeah, I, that's what I would do. I don't think, you know, I'm trying to think if I've ever had a conversation like that or if that language was ever presented to me. I feel like oftentimes when I needed to like self-regulate or whatever or like figure it out while developing it with my parents, I think it was always just, why are you crying? Or like, <laughs> toughen up or like, <laughs> you don't need to cry over this or... Like, just very much like, because they don't dismiss it a little. Yeah, my parents do not, they do not sit in their feelings, neither of them. Mm -hmm. And if they do, they're not sharing that with anyone. Mm -hmm. So, like, learning those, like, type of coping skills, I feel like came from, like, either my aunts or, like, teachers at school. Like, other Mm -hmm. people who are more aware of, like, emotional being. Yeah, And then that brings me to think about like how now more recently schools do the social emotional learning classes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're teaching the kids about the emotional aspects and how to deal with they're teaching coping skills. I had to run an emotion, emotional things. IQ, emotional, like emotion, like that's super important. This is why so many adults don't know how to manage their mo- emotions because they were never really taught how to do it appropriately. Uh huh. But now we're about to have a whole set of new people who have the potential of being more aware in that sense because they yeah. are offering these classes. Mm-hmm. Assuming they're taking any of it in. Mm-hmm. But I know when I did like my internship at the school during mm-hmm. grad school, those kids were like really fascinated with what I would tell them. And they would come back the next day. Like I got upset and I used the one, two, three stop thing. And I'm like, Oh, okay. But you usually worked with the little younger kids, right? Yeah. And that's because I, 
I spent some time at that same internship and I often worked with the high school and middle school kids. They, <laughs> they weren't as receptive. So I'm like early intervention. At yeah. Yeah. That's definitely more of like a preventative measure, but you know, because I was consistent, you did get to at least see, you know, that they valued seeing a similar face regularly because it meant that I cared, you know? Mm -hmm. So they got something out of it, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's always that one or two in the room that's like really like into what you're saying because I've been to the middle school and high school parts like one or two times. You're right. You know, there's always that one or two people in a room that either take in something more understand something you know in a particular way and with kids especially if they're not into it they're not into it and the ones that get it get it mm-hmm. yeah but you know we're talking all about like coping skills strategies all that and the different different ways people cope and whatever positive negative which we didn't really get into too much but I think would be really important to explain is how to even develop coping skills or coping strategies. Cause I feel like a lot of them happen on accident, but I think there's something to be said about intentionally developing a certain type of coping skill. We've been talking a lot about, you know, what a coping skill or coping mechanism is and, you know, that some of them could be perceived or um, perceived as negative versus positive, or even that um, sometimes, even though it might be positive or something, a good activity for you to engage in, it might not be what's for you, right? You know, we're talking about all of that, but I think it's really important to talk about how to develop the coping skills, right? Mm-hmm. And how to learn and, you know, make them have it. I feel like I would want to ask that question to a therapist if I wasn't one. Like, how do you oh. even how do you even develop a coping skill? Mm-hmm. Where do you start? Where do you start? <laughs> I mean, I feel like some of them happen on accident because you you just hab- habitually do something and it calms you down, but it might not be the you know the best thing for you to do or the most you know, healthy thing for you to do. And then there's ways to intentionally start. I know one of the things that I always do with my clients, I always start out with obviously getting to know them, you know, what brings them into therapy, but I often move second thing into developing coping skills. The reason why is because when we get into deeper conversation, we start getting into the nitty gritty of why they're, they're there they have those coping skills to rely on. I feel like coping skills and coping strategies, whatever, they go hand in hand with self-care. And we know that a lot of us tend to only do self-care in an emergency situation, like when Mm -hmm. everything's falling apart, rather than always doing it to keep you maybe, maybe more maintained or steady. So I think intentionally building that skill allows for it to be something that's a little bit more I don't know even how to describe what I'm trying to say but it becomes more it's easier almost for you to rely on the coping skill because it's it's a habit for you that makes sense yeah I often will 
like you said, get to know the client and then also give them like a list of like coping skills. Like they have worksheets for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I had my like CBT brain on, mm-hmm. um, kind of just letting them know like, hey, these different type of coping skills are out here for you to try mm-hmm. and to see what mm-hmm. works for you. That's one way to do it. I don't use worksheets as often, and I probably should use them more often because they are very helpful. But um, what I usually do is I, in the getting to know them, I ask them the things that they like to do, what's like their favorite thing to do, what makes them happy, things like that. Mm-hmm. And in that, I can find some of the things that already they already use to cope, but maybe don't realize it. Mm-hmm. And can pinpoint on that and, okay, let's do more of that. Or here's how we can do it in a way that will be beneficial to fully, to really, you know, relieve that stress and develop the skill. Mm -hmm. So I have clients who, um, for example, hate, 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 hate writing. I cannot get them to journal for anything, but they really like to draw. And so... I almost similarly to how I would give like a journal prompt, I almost give them like drawing prompts or I encourage them to draw in the moments when they don't know, you know, how to process their emotions and things like that. No, I think that's, you got to fit the client's need. Yeah, absolutely. And who they are. Individuality. So I think that that's a good way I guess then I think I guess answer my own question (laughs) low-key um that's a good way to start because you know just think about the things that you already like to do like I really love music and I love dancing which is why music you know turning on the music and just dancing around the house singing or when I'm cleaning having that music on it helps me because I'm then dancing around the house singing all the songs and stuff like that so it's something I already like to do and I just built on it do you you have like something that you like to do can you relate something that can be a skill yeah coping skill so I know we talked about that a little bit before like the reading the Mm -hmm. books Mm -hmm. the journaling um there's like five four three two one I love that one. The five senses, the grounding mm-hmm. technique. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of my clients use those now too. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good one to talk about. Cause I think there are some coping strategies that you can use in those high anxiety moments, you know, when mm-hmm. you would use the, grounding you know certain grounding techniques and then there are some that just help you kind of get through every day like day-to-day stressors or like you know just frustration or something like that mm-hmm. um so for those that don't know what Abby's talking about the five four three two one is a grounding exercise basically usually used when you're having you having high anxiety or anxiety attack to kind of refocus you um and center you and like it's called, make you feel grounded, less up in the air, less in your head, um, and present in what's mm-hmm. going on. Definitely gets you back to the present moment. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I've used it a lot myself as well when I've experienced like high anxiety and stuff. So it is definitely helpful. Mm -hmm. I know earlier you mentioned music as one of your coping skills Mm -hmm. that you use. Do you have like a Mm -hmm. go-to song? Oh, (laughs) I don't know that I have a go-to song. I think it really depends on my mood, what I'm going to listen to. Um, but we have said on a previous episode how much I love a list, right? So along those lines, I really like playlists. And so there are times when I, it is a list of songs. There are times when I'll make a playlist, like, let's say I'm struggling through something for, you know, more than a day, like multiple days or weeks. And I just, I catch myself listening kind of maybe to the same few songs or I need a certain type of energy to be Mm -hmm. poured into me I will make a playlist so the last I'll actually tell y'all about the last playlist I made let me let me pull up Spotify real quick (laughs) so the last playlist that I made is titled in case you forgot and the reason why I made that um was I was kind of feeling like maybe a little bit of imposter syndrome, kind of feeling down about myself, like not feeling like I was it. Like I felt I was feeling self-conscious and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I made this playlist in case you forgot. And it's various different genders. I was about to say mostly women, but that's not necessarily true. But it is a, it's a playlist that kind of just reminds me that I'm who I'm supposed to be. I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm beautiful, amazing, like I deserve yeah. certain praises. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I have, you know, power within me. And some of them are like really uplifting songs and some of them are a little bit more ratchet because I just need to <laughs> feel that, you know, a little oomph, but a little oomph, yeah, oomph. yes, exactly. <laughs> so that's that playlist. And I, that's been my playlist actually for the last, month and a half that I, I've gone to a lot okay not as much now as when I first made it when I first made it I really needed it and I listened to it for days <laughs> um but now I go to it occasionally so it served its purpose I guess I think my song would have been love yours by J. Cole okay mm-hmm. why that That's- song that song brings me back to like here like present time like it grounds me mm. honestly the song it's funny that you said actually how did you say that you said it grounds you that song mm-hmm. the song that inspired me to make the playlist actually because there was one song that inspired me which is Janelle Monet's actually most recent um release called Float and it's funny that you say your song helps you feel grounded. That song helps me feel free. Mm. Like free of all the stress of people's opinions. Um, people, like what people want from me, what they expect me from me. Yeah, that song, when I hear it, you know, she basically is saying in the song, I don't, I used to walk into a room, you know, self-conscious with my head down, 
but now I'm just floating through the room like I'm just in it and that song like came at the perfect time I'm gonna send it to you um so you don't have to search but that song like I don't know how to describe it I only I heard a snippet of it back in December and she's like a a sneak peek kind of thing Mm -hmm. and was waiting 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 and then the song didn't release till February and when it came out I was like this is better than I even anticipated because it really it felt like timely like I needed it you know I wish I kept up with music like that (laughs) I keep up with artists the artists I I like I don't really do that either until I do Mm. like it's kind of (laughs) weird so that that was the song that made that made me make the playlist so I guess there was a song that I would pick at least in this present moment Another one, which is kind of a silly one, actually, now that I think about it, is Conceited. Remy Ma Conceited, though. <laughs> Wait. And I look to... Yeah. I'm conceited. I got a reason. Yes. So that song's just been one of my songs since, I, since it came out. Uh, <laughs> I don't even remember what year that came out, but that's not the point. Um, and I know almost every single word and it just makes me feel like I'm it. <laughs> so talking about the this music thing actually made me think about, I know we talked about watching TV earlier sometimes as like a coping skill or coping mechanism. I thought about when like, especially people with anxiety or um, I guess different, like, I don't know. I'll, I'll say anxiety. I don't know who else uses this, but watching, rewatching shows that you already know, like you've seen it a million times, but you just keep watching the same thing. You just put it on almost as background noise. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people have a have a something like that. For me, you know, like that being music for me, that's certain TV shows for some people. Do you have a TV show you would think about? Oh, absolutely. Mine is um, Steven Universe it's a cartoon yeah i think mine is living single oh Mm -hmm. or the nanny oh my gosh that is a comfort show for me Hmm. i don't think i have another option that i can think of it steven universe is my show I've rewatched it so many times. Yeah. And anytime I watch it, I literally start from the beginning and then watch it through. Mm-hmm. And then I start again. So I don't just like pick random episodes. I one of my friends, one of um, she uses American Dad. <laughs> um or American Dad or Bob's Burgers. Oh, that's a good one. Bob's Burgers is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Some people do like Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think about if I have another show that I would just rewatch like that. In high school, my, it used to be One Tree Hill. You know, I did not watch that show. Oh my god! Even my boyfriend watched that show. <laughs> I did not watch that show. 
it was good. Because when was it out? I feel like that was when I just didn't watch a lot of TV with predominantly white cast. I just didn't. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Except Seventh Heaven. I did watch Seventh Heaven. That I watched. Yeah, I'm ting dog. <laughs> so how do you really differentiate between a healthy and an unhealthy coping skill? Hmm. That's a good question. And I feel like that's something that it's like, I want to answer that question without alienating anybody or making anyone feel bad about something that they used to cope. So I want to preface this by saying, you know, whatever you are using to cope, if it is something that is a detriment to your health in some way, I do hope that you are able to seek help. You have the uh, resources and the access to get the help that you may need. But otherwise, and I think that's it. Um, If it's a detriment to your health, if it's a problem that's affecting your life, your livelihood, because that's when it can be, it can become unhealthy. Um, It's negatively impacting you rather than helping um, make your life better. It's when it becomes unhealthy. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. I was just going to say, like, knowing how it affects your life as well. Like, Mm -hmm. so if it puts you in harm's way, then that's also something to consider. And harming and putting you in harm's way really depends because there are some people who will be like, well, I just have a little, I just have a little drink when I come home every day. It's just one when I come home, it's not a big deal. And okay, maybe it's not. But for someone who may be struggling with addiction, it is, you know, if I have a drink every day turns into I have five every day, you know, (laughs) that's a a spiral, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what stops that one drink every day from turning into the five, you know, and that's something to think about as well, because, you know. At the end of the day, as much as we enjoy alcohol, it's it is a poison to your body. So, is having that one drink a day really healthy? You know what I mean. So it really depends. Mm-hmm. That's how I see it, anyway. One of my unhealthy coping skills is definitely retail therapy. <laughs> if I'm sad, if I'm happy, I'm going shopping. <laughs> Mine was mine. I mean, I I called mine out literally at the beginning of this, and food and yeah, food. Um, it hasn't always been unhealthy, but coupled with the fact that I don't have the most healthy relationship with food in general, um, food has been one of my negative coping coping mechanisms. (laughs) Got tongue tied there. Yeah. Um. Because, you know, that little snack here and there for someone like me who has an unhealthy relationship with food, what stops that from becoming a binge eating situation? Mm -hmm. Right. So 
it's something that I have to monitor and make sure that I do not get to that point. Mm -hmm. Can you turn unhealthy coping skills into healthy ones? Oh, I feel like you're getting me back for last episode of asking you all these questions on the spot. (laughs) Um, Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I think it depends on what it is, what mechanism you're using to cope. Because if it's something like a substance and you, for example, like go to rehab and whatever your process is to refrain from, um, you know, using that substance, I that's like a slippery slope because then, yeah, I know some people do harm reduction and don't cut it off completely, mm-hmm. but to <laughs> for someone who can't do harm reduction, for someone who has to mm-hmm. completely cut off the substance, trying it again is not going to make it healthy. They're just going to go back down the rabbit hole they already dug themselves out of. Mm-hmm. No, that was a good answer. (laughs) Got any more questions? (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) No, but yeah. As always, if you feel like you're struggling with unhealthy coping mechanisms and you want to explore those things, you can always seek counsel. And by counsel, you know, we mean obviously counseling or medical. help because sometimes it might be a doctor um Mm -hmm. someone that can help you work through it so you know we always leave you guys with a thriving tip Zakia has something she wants to say we always say every week life is life in um and so my thriving tip basically is although life seems to get tough your coping skills are your armor to help you get through the tough. That's it. Snaps and claps. Yes. <laughs> hey, y'all. Welcome to Talk About Thriving. Thriving.